Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This week on the Indo Daily. I actually don't believe right that priest said I have any harm. He just like thought I knew. But that's how I found that Miriam Martina was dead. How likely is it that Trump will be found guilty of paying hush money to former adult film star Stormy Daniels? We're talking about involvement in serious drugs activity on both sides of the border and as well as that, the procurement of weapons. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. O'Driscoll... Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, off oh, it's Gerald, it's cutting back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy and Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Will Slattery. Delighted to be joining you for an emergency podcast to recap all the line selection reaction today. Luke Fitzgerald is with me. How are you? Hi, Will. How are things? Good times. Delighted to be joined by Keen Tracy, who also answered the bat signal. How are you getting on, Keen? Hey, lads. How are you? Delighted to be chatting for the emergency pod. Yeah. <laughs> one what? of the few. Is it in Left Wing history? Oh, I don't know. There hasn't been many. I feel like there was one during the Rugby World Cup when something catastrophic happened to Ireland. But besides that, uh, <laughs> they've been few and far between. But today, very interesting when Warren Gatlin named his 37-man line squad. One player more than we originally had envisaged, which maybe should have tipped his hand that there might be a few uh, strange selection calls. Luke, there's so much to sink our teeth into. Um, I think the, the independent, first of all, must be regretting giving us a platform to vent <laughs> this is essentially what we're essentially what we're doing <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll go through a few of them here so like, there wasn't too much controversy in the front row you had Rory Suttle and Vunapola and Wynne Jones in the loose head side Tyke Furlong and Andrew Porter two Irish guys in tight head Carl Sinclair missing out probably a bone of contention at hooker you had Cowan Dickey Jamie George and Ken Owens again a lot of people had them the second row is when Luke I suppose from an Irish perspective it starts to get very interesting Warren Gatlin went with Alan Wynne Jones Marrow Atoje Tyburn, Courtney Laws, Johnny Hill, and Ian Henderson, no James Ryan. Mm. Uh, the explanation kind of Gatlin gave in the media today was he pointed to La Rochelle, he pointed to Saracens and said Leinster were beaten up and kind of put some of that on James Ryan. What's your overall thoughts about him missing out in some of those selections? I think if it's based, if, sorry, if it's on that basis, it's very unfair. Um, and I think it doesn't really make sense considering that what I would consider the only real test that Exeter had this year was against Leinster and the pack got destroyed. Um, I don't think Johnny Hill went well against Ireland either. Um, and I don't think, I, I look, I think he has potential, uh, absolutely, and he's a big man. But I, there's no way you can tell me he's a better player than James Ryan. I'd also say, I mean, um, you know, Laws, is Laws heavyweight? I don't think so. He's a great tackler. 
But um, I wouldn't call him like heavyweight in, in that sense. I don't think he'd have gone great against. Like, I think Will Skelton can make a lot of people look pretty, pretty silly. Um, and I didn't see anyone beating Saracens really that regularly either. Um, so, look, I think it was very disappointing. I think Johnny Gray can feel a bit hard done by as well. I think he's an excellent player um, as well. So that one just didn't make sense to me. I thought that was really odd and I thought that was really unfair uh, to base it on that one performance, if that was the criteria. Uh, I don't think James Ryan has been playing uh, his best rugby, but I think there's enough there in my mind to say in the, in the you know, if he can stay fit for the rest of the season, that he's certainly a better player. Like, I mean, that guy at the height was, you know, 20, 20, 20. He was 20 tackles, 20 rooks and, uh, you know, 20 carries. He's, you know, I think the heartbeat of that Leinster back a pack when he's playing well. Um, and I think he can feel really hard done by. I think he hasn't got a few bad, you know, he's got a few bad injuries at the wrong time, didn't help him. Um, and he probably needed a bit of momentum, and that's what's cost him. But I still think it's a poor decision. And um, I don't see that there's any basis for it. Um, and it looks like someone's been judged on but you know, by a different standard when you look at how you know, Leinster, Leinster dismantled that uh, Exeter pack a couple of weeks ago. So very disappointing. Yeah, King, because obviously, as Lou touched on there, to be fair, James Ryan has missed time with concussion. He's had his injury problems. His form since he's come back, you know, he played Munster, he played against uh, La Rochelle, hasn't been to what the James Ryan standard can be, even in the Six Nations before he got those injuries, perhaps. Uh, but then when you look at the guys maybe included ahead of him, as Luke said, Johnny Hill didn't have a great Six Nations with England, lost his place in the team halfway through. Let Exeter were badly beaten by Leinster. Courtney Laws has been injured, you know, since I think the start of the, he may, may play two Six Nations games. I could, think. Could we been, say it's OJ's played well as well? No, no, he hasn't. Very keen, but that's just to add that in as well. I suppose, like I suppose, a few of the couple of the lads you've mentioned there have credit in the the bank of Wallen, which we've seen kind of throughout a lot of these calls has been crucial. I know Johnny Hill is a bit of an exception there. Like for me, like James Ryan has been some way short. I think of his best form. And I think the dip has been because he was so good, like Luke has said. Um, you think back, wasn't it a shoulder injury he had last year? And he came back like a good few weeks um, ahead of schedule. And he just never kind of got back up to the kind of the heights of where he was. And then obviously he had the, the concussion issues. Like, I don't think Warren Gatlin, like, I mean, I know he came out and he said that. I, I'd be very surprised if he has based this on one game because I agree with Luke. If you're basing this on one game, then Leinster absolutely destroyed Exeter up front and Exeter obviously had Johnny Hill. Like, I, for me, like when I was watching England in the Six Nations, I know as a whole they didn't play well, but like, I just didn't get much from, from Johnny Hill. Like, he's... He's your classic kind of donkey tight headlock. And I mean that sort of in the, the nicest way possible. I know donkey isn't the nicest word, but like he's a guy who's going to hit rocks. You know, he's like, I presume he's a, he's good scrummager. I mean, he's a big fella. You think of like Exer's style of play with the pick and jams close to the line. Like he's been at the heart of a lot of that. I think like Warren Gatland will, will really like see value in that. I don't see like Johnny Hill like starting in in the test team but I think in terms of the dirt trackers during the week maybe he could do a job but like pound for pound if you're talking about an all-around better rugby player I don't think there's any debate here I like I'm I'm really surprised um that James Ryan has been left out and I think 
like I know we'll get on to the backs and Gary Ringrose, but just to put the two of these guys into the same category for a second, it's a it's a big blow for two of the guys who in Irish rugby that we would say, you know, are are at the forefront of the kind of the younger generation, um, a back and a forward. And like I think this is a it's a big, big blow for Irish rugby, like apart from the lads, you know, on a personal level, which is obviously going to be devastating. But it, it makes you think, like, I mean, I know, like, the, the question has been asked, do we overhype some of the players? And I don't know, like, may, maybe, like, I'm guilty of, of doing that as well. But it's certainly not a good look for two of Irish rugby's, you know, I would say better players to be to be left out. And when, like, a few months ago, even last year, like, you wouldn't have been surprised if um, James Ryan and Gary Ringers were being spoke about to start in the test team. So it's a big, big drop off not to make a 37 man squad. Yeah, let's just might as well get right into Ring Rose then, Luke, because he, he's one of the omissions. Like the, the centre's obviously a very interesting one. Bundyaki, I think, was a second name called. It's funny, we had a debate last week or two weeks ago at Rudd. None of us mentioned him even as a potential outside shot to get into the squad. And and there he is himself, Robbie Henshaw, who was a banker, Chris Harris, Gregor Townsend in the selection meeting, I suppose, would help his cause. And Elliot Daly, a guy who's kind of been Positioned in the centres in the squad announcement sheet, but he's only started one game at centre in his international career. He has played there at club level, obviously, too. No Ringrose, no Henry Slade, no Tuolagi, no Jonathan Davies. When I look at the squad, for me, the centres is probably the, the most perplexing part of it. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, I was talking briefly to Draco, and I just said, I think you'd still get in that team based on the fact that I don't think he's picked a number 13. <laughs> I, I don't... Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's really bizarre. Even Johnny Davies not getting in. Um, don't think he's lit up the world, but I thought, uh, you know, with North going down, I was kind of sure he was going to go somewhere there. Uh, I love Elliot Daly, but he hasn't played well this year. I think he might be going because of his kicking boot um, on the high belt. I think that might be something that they think is a real weapon for them. Uh, we saw what he did to Leinster. Um, he's not a, he's not a centre, though, and I think it made a mockery putting him down as you know, on the squad list, Luke, or Will, you touching it there? Yeah. They have him down as a center. He's not. He's not a center. But like, he's played lots of rugby. Where you know, for was like he he can slot in there. But like that's the point is that he's not. He doesn't play his rugby regularly there. It's really that that's a really odd decision. And look, Harris is yeah good. But like, can you say that he is in Gary Ringrow's league? I don't think he can. Like that to me sounds like a Gregor Townsend selection. Um, and I just. That one is 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 a bit baffling. I think Manu Tuilagi is someone that we all thought should be there, but that's a very serious injury that that he's coming back from. And I think I, think I can definitely see him being called up, even if there's no injuries after he's played a couple of games for sale. I think when I look at that center selection, I'm thinking, are they going to put Farrell at twelve and play maybe Henshaw thirteen? Farrell like, at twelve. It just if if the if they're talking about physicality, that is a non-runner. Like he's a very physical ten but he's not a very physical 12. There's a big, big difference between the two. And we saw what happened. Like we saw in the World Cup final, if, if your pack don't dominate or completely dominate like they did in the semi-final against New Zealand, he looks like a world beater and that Ford Farrell axis looks great. If they don't, like we saw in the Six Nations, it's a mistake. He's a brilliant 10. They should be playing him in 10. He is not a 12. They should not do that unless they're hosing them and the pitches and it's really open. Um, it'd be a big mistake. He's a great player. He's one of my favorite players, I promise you, but he's not a 12. And what about what are a key point on Ringrose, Luke? You know, about 
I think he might have got injured at the wrong time. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I think that didn't help. Um, I feel like he's a guy, like I, I feel like I told you he's been picked because as you say, he probably has, or sorry, Keen mentioned that, you know, he probably has some, you know, a bit of kudos there from, from the last, you know, however a number of years he's been excellent. You can't deny that. But I, I still think at the same time, he's, he hasn't played well. He had some awful games in the Six Nations. Um, and I think Gary Ringrose has done enough to, to, to be in there um, based on his previous um, performances. And you can see glimpses of that against La Rochelle. I thought he looked really sharp in points um, or at points. But look, it sounds like a few guys got done um, because of the game against La Rochelle. <laughs> uh, I think Johnny Sexton looks like a guy who's who, as well, who we probably will get to a little bit later on. And that's a big talking point for me. Um, probably even yeah, one of the biggest talking points. I think that's a really big mistake by them as well. So, um, look, you, you want to wish them well. You want to be positive about what's going on. But I just feel like there's a few really b- bizarre decisions and like some kind of contradictory ones. Like some people are picked for their physicality and then some people, I think, don't fit that bill. And then I think, um, and, and then I look at other people who are picked on form and then others who aren't in form and get picked. So I just think there's contradictions all over the place. And maybe there's 37 people there and there's always going to be the way, and you just have to fit the coach's eye. That's probably what it's what it is. I think that's definitely what it is. Otherwise, you'd have to call it to question the consistency and the selections for each person and the criteria that they use. The centre is such a like I know it's the obvious one, but it, it's it's really puzzling. Like I, I cannot make sense of it at all. And I think a guy we should mention in this conversation is Henry Slade as well. That like you know he, he he's the English equivalent to to Gary Ringrose. You know, pretty similar type of players. But he's the guy I I think he would should be there ahead of Ringrose if you're picking mm-hmm. one of them. I, that's the, that's the guy I think should feel hard done by when I'm looking well, at that squad and list, what they're missing. You listed out the options, Will. I mean, when you think of Jonathan Davis, uh, Gary Ringrose, and Henry Slade. To my mind, there just is no question that I would take each one of them over Chris Harris in in a heartbeat. Like I just, I find I I, I agree with Luke. I think that's um, that's a call that's coming from Gregor Townsend, and maybe you know Ireland. There was no Ireland coach in you know in these kind of meetings, and I think we can kind of you know forget that, like how much of a role that plays. But I think Ringrose is in the same category as um, as James Ryan. Like he's had. A few bad injuries, like he, but he fractured his cheekbone twice, like in the space of a couple of months. Like he, I think he's been some way short of his best. But I'm convinced, like the more I think about it, that Farrell is going to play twelve on on this tour, and that it's going to be Hench outside of him. I like Bund, Bundy has come from absolutely nowhere. Like I mean, yeah, if you, what's, what what do you what do you put the Bundy selection down to? Because as I as I teed up. We had a lengthy Lions discussion. We we went through about hundreds of prospects, and none of us even considered his name. And I don't think I saw any previews that did. It's a funny one. I don't. I'd wonder how surprised he might have even been when his name was called. And not to say he's not a good player, which he is, just that he didn't feature in any of these discussions. Yeah, he absolutely went under the radar. I mean, if you were, I like think a lot of people were picking an Ireland team in the morning, it would probably still be Henshaw and Ringrose. Um, yeah, like I mean, Bundy's a frustrating one because like. I don't know if Ireland have gotten the best out of him at times over the last couple of years. Like he, you know, you know what you're going to get with him as a hard carrying um, twelve, and obviously he's the heartbeat of the Connacht team. He's like only the fourth, um, the fourth ever Connacht player. Is looking it up earlier um, to play for the Lions, which is massive for for the club as well. But for me, like we we don't really see a huge amount of his distribution when he's playing when he's playing at twelve and. Like, you know, you look at like the Ben Teo role from a few years ago. Like, I wonder is Gatland, like Gatland, like, we, we've seen it from most of his selections. Like he, he's gone for the power option. And 
if you are, if if we're going to go on Luke's kind of thinking that Farrell has to play 10, then are you looking potentially at Bundy and and um, Robbie playing 12 and 13, which would be, I think you would have got, you would have got serious odds on that um, in the Six Nations um, for, from the outset when, when you consider that this isn't, apart from Tuilagi, there's a lot of fit centres available, but I just think someone like Dan Bigger, you know, he's delivered for Gatlin before, like he's playing very well this season. He's playing well for Northampton. Um, I don't, there was never a question that he wasn't going on the tour. And I just wonder the fact that Farrell, you know, played 12 on the, the last tour in 2017. Will they be tempted to go with something similar? Because otherwise, really, you are looking at uh, Bundy to play 12, aren't you? Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting one, and it's kind of influenced, as we said, by the, by the ten selections as well. Luke, we'll move on there now. Owen Farrell, Finn Russell, Dan Bigger, no Johnny Sexton, as we touched on, and again, Warren Gatlin has already kind of given his explanation, and it was durability. That's what he basically said. He said he didn't think he had his doubts that Johnny could last a tough physical tour. That that that's what he said. It wasn't so much down to how he was playing; it was down to whether or not. He would pick Johnny Sexton and Johnny might go down after a game or two games and it would necessitate another kind of shuffling of the pack. Um, yeah, like, look, I, I don't, I think that is another probably, it sounds like it's a bit of Gregor Townsend, but it also sounds like a bit of maybe, you know, Gatlin had made up his mind. Um, I think if he's looking at recent history, he'll see that, you know, yes, he missed the French game, um, but he got 69 minutes against Wales in a really attritional game, and he was brilliant in that game. Like he kept he kept Ireland in that game, and you saw the impact he made when he when it like when he went off, the difference in quality. Now maybe that's more a reflection on Ireland, but um, albeit or sorry, all the same, you know, look at Ireland's last three games that they won and how you know integral he was to those Irish wins, and he and he played 80 minutes in each one. Um Look, I can see it like in that he's a little bit older um, than than the other guys, but I still think you have to bring someone who can start. I don't think they can start Finn Russell down there. Like he's not he's not a very physical player. He, he had one of the worst games. And I'm sorry, I'm a fan. I, I do love watching some of Finn Russell's stuff, but in the big games, I don't think he's really shown up on a lot of occasions. And I also think that physically there's a big difference between him and Johnny Sexton. Like he, he against South Africa, like they would be, look, they'd probably target both of them, but I think Johnny would withstand that an awful lot better than Finn Russell would. Um, not to say Finn Russell just, you know, doesn't have any heart or anything like that, but I think he's a smaller guy. And I think in, in South Africa, that will, that will play a bit. So um, that one didn't really make sense to me. I didn't think, um, I think Johnny has a chance to start if he's fit. Like, uh, you know, when they're, when they're, when they're, when they're picking that first test team, and they're seeing who's playing well, who's had the biggest impact, and who's you know who's you know who's capable of starting. I think if you know, I don't, I just don't think I don't see Finn Russell being there to start. Whereas I think Johnny Sexton, you could go, mm, who am I going to pick here? Like who's playing the best? Who who's running the team the best in training? I think that there's a clear difference between uh, bigger uh, Farrell and Sexton over Russell. And that's a personal opinion. I could be completely wrong with that. I know Finn Russell is very well liked and he is a flair player, but I don't think on the big stage I'd, I'd, I'd take him over uh, the other three guys. Yeah, just, just on Finn Russell, I think it's a, a two, two points I want to make. One, that he had a very, very poor Six Nations if you're comparing him to any of the other guys. And number two, a point I don't think is really talked about that much is he is not a first-class goal kicker. So the idea that he could start against South Africa where you have to be pragmatic at times and kick your goals, 
Like, without Greg Laidlaw there as his kind of shield from a kicking perspective, I think he struggled with Scotland. He doesn't take the kicks for Racing 92 either. It's Teddy Uriah-Beren or uh, Maxime Machineau. So already you're operating on that kind of proviso where you have a guy who you can't trust over the ball really in, in a big spot. He had a poor Six Nations. In big games, he has made bad errors. But on the other hand, Keane, I don't know what you think. Like, I think Gatlin's points on Johnny's durability are valid, even though I think he was the best out half in the Six Nations and I thought he had a great finish to the Six Nations. I, I think those I think those are fair questions at the same time. No, they definitely are. And I think what we should say is, like, we're not privy to, to Johnny Sexton's current health, his fitness at the moment. Obviously, like, he's been involved with training for the last couple of weeks, but not taking contact. But look, ultimately, we're talking about a guy who... He doesn't have like a hamstring injury that he's trying to get over here. Like this is his third concussion in the space of a short uh, space of time, which is very concerning. So like we don't know how serious that is, how much that that played into the thinking. But yeah, you're right. Like he came through the Six Nations well, but I mean the durability factor is is fair enough. I I totally agree on both your points uh, about Finn Russell. I think the lines are in serious trouble if Finn Russell is starting um, any of the three tests um, he's the kind of player who I love watching but I don't think you'd ever want him on your team in that kind of a game you know if it's a fast and loose game that's fine but I just wouldn't trust him to to, to see out a game or not to make a silly mistake but look I think this will be a devastating blow for for Johnny Sexton like absolutely devastating I think you know, like especially the last year has like really been building up for for this moment. You know, I think we know there's no guarantees that he's going to make it to the the next World Cup in 2023. Obviously, he wants to. His new contract will take him up just before that, so he'll need another extension. So, like you were potentially thinking that the Lions store could be. You know, I know we have the Six Nations next year, but like in terms of like big big events, that 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 could have been his swan song. So, I think he'll he'll take it. Pretty, pretty tough, um, I think. But I just go back to the fact that we're talking about a very potentially, like, again, I, we don't know the ins and outs of it. But, you know, when you hear concussion, head injury, like he's had some of them before, like it's a pretty serious injury. It's not like something that he can run off like at Tuolagi, you know, who's coming back from a, a different type of injury. But it's it's crushing, but also kind of goes back to my earlier point, like we we in Ireland view Johnny Sexton through a certain prism that, you know, he is so important to everything that that Ireland do. And we've talked at length on this podcast about that. And we saw it again in the Six Nations, like how good was he in, in that England game? And when Johnny Sexton isn't playing for Ireland, like Ireland are just not the same team. But I think ultimately in terms of the Lions selection, when you have, and I'm not, even really going to include Finn Russell in this for a second because I don't think he'll be in the test shakeup. But if you've got a player like Dan Bigger and Owen Farrell, I don't think people outside of Ireland view Johnny Sexton, the Johnny Sexton of today will say, in the same way that we view him in Ireland. And I think that's probably what this came down to as well, you know, that and he is someone who has credit in in the bank um with Gatland, like an Atoje, who, you know, like you said, hadn't been playing well. But it's a fair enough concern to worry about a guy who's 35, who does pick up knocks. Um, I know it's a bit of a shorter tour, but like it's going to be brutally physical. Now, Johnny Sexton will hate anyone doubting his ability to 
to you know handle that but like ultimately that's the call that they made and it's it's sickening for him but it's it's I suppose it's reality and you know you never know he might still get a call up like there's no way that all 37 guys were picked today are going to be the ones that will go but um I wouldn't have liked to have been around him at uh, half 12 today when that squad was being read out no, it would have been an interesting canteen in Leinster with them. So, you know, four, three or four lads having great days and three or four lads having terrible days. And just on, on Johnny Luke, is there anything to be said for the fact that him not going on the tour in terms of his ability to potentially play on for Ireland, that it could be a good thing from an Irish perspective? He doesn't go down to South Africa and maybe, you know, have that really physical test series that he can rest the body for a summer, come back, re-energize, and then maybe look to elongate his career a little more? Um, yeah, it could have that impact. Um, if you're trying to be glass half full for him, like. <laughs> look, this is a bad day for him. Um, yeah. he's had loads of good days. I, I, I think the disappointing thing for this one is that I think he actually was the best 10 in the um, in the Six Nations, and I would have always had that as the kind of key barometer for you know the, the Lions selection. It looks like an injury that he's picked up against Exeter from a bad knock, um, has cost him, and it looks like I think. The way that he's been, no, I would say not always up to him, but brought off early sometimes uh, when playing for Ireland or Leinster has probably impacted this a little bit because he's so important. Because uh, I think there's probably a view out there that, you know, he, he doesn't finish that many games. I, I would say that's probably very annoying to him because I'm sure the coaches are thinking, well, let's get Johnny off once the game is won. That happens quite a lot and, ha- and happened all the time. Um, you know, when, when Joe was there as well. So um, I don't know if there's just one thing. This seems like it's something that's been built up for a while, um, you know, because I think his kicking as well was outstanding in the Six Nations. Like he was brilliant uh, off the tee as well, which I think even highlights the Finn Russell thing even more. But um, yeah, it, it's, it could elongate the career. They do say, you know, your, your alliance tour, it's amazing how many people get a, like a long, you know, a long-term injury or have a bad, like an injury interrupted season after alliance tour. Um, so may, yeah, maybe it could, but at this point, that's no, that's not much, uh, consolation to, to Johnny or to, to any of us who are, you know, looking for, I think, you know, our outstanding player of the last, I would say the last 10 years, at least to be going on the tour and maybe cap off what's been an unbelievable career. Uh, so we're all, I think a bit disappointed over this, this side. It's an interesting point, um, Will, that you raise in terms of, you know, extending his career, but even something like, you know, I know Ireland aren't going on tour to Fiji, but they're going to be playing, you know, hopefully a few games, sounds like USA, um, Japan and maybe Canada in July. And you're kind of thinking, what does the next kind of few weeks and months look like for Johnny Sexton? Because we've seen like Leinster's team selection for the Munster game in, in the Rainbow Cup. Now I know they had La Rochelle the following week and maybe in hindsight, they wish they played a bit of a stronger team in that game. But I wonder what the next few weeks and months looks like for Johnny Sexton. I mean, the Rainbow Cup like isn't exactly going to float his boat. Is he going to play for Ireland in these games? Do Ireland need to play him in these games that should be really looked at as a development kind of tour? So it's a it's a tricky kind of enough um, enough time for him to be honest. Like, um, so it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. And just moving on from out half, you know, one other selection, I suppose it was another surprise, but in a good way for Ireland was Jack Conan. I know you and Rudboat had him in your squad two weeks ago, but then after the La Rochelle game, I guess like James Ryan, we might have thought he might have been squeezed out, but no Billy Vunapola. He actually went with three number eights, Warren Gatlin, Sam Simmons, the Exeter player who we didn't know if his form would translate into a line space, but it has 
to lose by Faletale and Jack Conan. A great boost for Conan after what was a tough 18 months with injuries. Super. Like he, I mean, look, there's never been any doubt about his ability. Um, and, you know, I think he probably, we didn't really notice that he was off the scene as well because Caelan Doris came in and, you know, he's really benefited from him getting a very serious injury too. So uh, there's a bit of fortuitous circumstances for, for, for Jack, but I think he really took advantage. And, you know, he, he's got great skills, very physical. His tackling is brilliant. I think he's built for a fast track down in South Africa. So I think he'll go really well and he'll fit in well with the team. He's a confident guy. Um, so I'd imagine he'll have a, a, a great tour provided he can stay fit. Uh, I think the Simmons one is a bit baffling. I think it sounds like the English media have kind of been blowing him up for a long period of time. Uh, he's an excellent player. Uh, they said that, you know, on a fast track, uh, you know, he'll be, he can have a big impact in South Africa. He could, but he didn't look that good against, um, against Leinster a couple of weeks ago. And he doesn't have that much international experience. He's not even getting picked there. I think if he wanted to be very physical, someone like Billy Winopono was the guy to bring. Uh, I'm surprised he's not going, considering his brother hasn't been playing well either, and he's going. And we know how good they are on their day. I would see someone like Billy Bunapola as being um, of the Itoje, you know, and uh, kind of ability. Uh, I, I, I think you know he's a guy I was really surprised was omitted, even though he hasn't played well. Um, but I don't see any of the Saris guys playing well. I don't know about you guys, and they didn't play well for England either. So I, I thought Billy Bunapola would have had enough credit in the bank. And plus, if you want to play a physical game against South Africa, like you're talking about, and clearly from your centre partnerships, it looks like that's the way you're going. It doesn't make any sense to omit Billy Bunapola. Yeah, because uh, he seems to be one of the few English guys who's been really penalised for that poor Six Nations and that poor run of form. As we mentioned, Daly's there, his brother is there, Jamie George is there, another guy who hasn't played very well, Mara Otoje. You know, a few, a few, a few others, and it's interesting, Keen. If you look at the back row, no kind of it was specialist six per se. Guys who really wear six and play in the back row, like you have a few guys. Curry in the hmm? Curry, he can play six, but in terms of you have a good few second rows like Ty Byrne. I told you he's played at six before. You know, Courtney yeah, Laws. Courtney Laws is the yeah, Courtney the Laws. Goal, so yeah. he, he kind of setting their stall out with that sort of back row, perhaps. Yeah, like, like. We've probably known this for a while, but like this, the squad selection would would really kind of remind you, like how in vogue is a, a second row who can play six and vice versa at the moment. Like we've seen it over the last couple of seasons. You look at someone. I know Ian Henderson hasn't played in the back row for a while, but he can. Ty Byrne is the same. Courtney Laws is the same. Can can go in both. But yeah, I'm surprised someone like um, a Josh Navidi maybe didn't didn't make the cut there. Um, it like uh, for me, I know Laws hasn't played that much this year, but like he is, he's an animal. Like he's a, he hits bloody hard, and I wouldn't be surprised if it, if Gatland, if he's fit and if he's back playing well, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one who's playing six. Now, obviously, from an Irish perspective, you'd love to see Tyg Byrne, but he probably fits into that category that he has been before the Six Nations with Ireland. In that he's a he's a pretty good handy uh, bench option to have. But I agree with Luke's point. In about the number eight, like it's very hard to get your head around the omission of Billy Vunapola in in the fact that Gatlin is clearly looking for big physical ball carriers, and I think himself and Falato are quite similar in that regard. Whereas Jack Conan and Sam Simmons change the dynamic of what of what um, you're about. But Jack Conan's rise has been remarkable, really. I think at the 2019 World Cup, there was a real sense that, you know, he could push on and become Ireland's number eight. And then he fractured his foot and that kind of put an end to that. And even someone like, you know, Will, you mentioned 
and out and out six. Like someone like CJ Stander probably hasn't been talked about a huge amount from what I've seen today, but I'm a little bit surprised that he isn't isn't in there as well. Again, you know, he delivered on the last tour for Gatland. Um, he's another solid option in terms of what you imagine the game plan might be. And, you know, CJ Sander will obviously be going back home to South Africa in the coming months. And, you know, you wouldn't be as surprised at all if, you know, uh, Gatland has him on speed dial if anyone gets injured, considering how handy it would be to to call him up. But, yeah, I think just to, just to finish up on, like, Conan is uh, is remarkable. I think Caelan Doris is really unlucky. Um, I think Conan has benefited hugely from his unfortunate injury, but like what an opportunity to get. And I think he'll be a guy on that fast ground, like Sam Simmons, um, like Luke mentioned, that will really thrive. But God, there's so much pressure on Sam Simmons, isn't there? Like Luke is right. Like this campaign to get him in has been something else from the English media. Like he's in there now. He hasn't been picked for England, but... God, there's a lot of pressure on him to deliver now, isn't there? Yeah, I just just the way Gatlin thinks, I'd say Faltau has the jersey, and unless Conan and Simmons are sensational, the warm-ups and Faltau maybe goes off form slightly. I can't see him uh, losing that eight jersey. Luke, I might ask you the last question. So, as a former line yourself, after seeing Gatlin's squad, are you more confident or less confident of the lines winning the Test series? Oh, that's um, just that's actually a good question. Um. Um, I think I'm less confident. I think I'm a bit unsure about the centres. Um, to particularly that 13 slot really now, I think looks like it's a there's just it's just a bit odd. Um, I think I'd rather have Sexton there, but I think you know I'm not sure. I think Bigger's been, been really good, and I think they really like Farrell. Um, so he would have had a tough task, I think, to get in there. But like he, you know, I think when you when you play alongside Johnny, you probably appreciate him a bit more. Um. Then maybe sometimes I know he gets a lot of praise here, but he's so good. His decision making on the line is brilliant. It's probably what's cost him sometimes because he gets you know in himself in fairly awkward positions because um, you know and he allows himself to be hit then. But it's what makes him so great as well. So I'm disappointed for 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 him and that. Um, and I think the Ryan one is just a bit weird. I I think they probably have enough in the row anyway with some very good players, provided Toje comes back into form. Uh, I think Alan Wynne Jones was always going to start for me. I think he's been brilliant. It was always about who was going to pair with them. Um, so yeah, look, and I think the eight, the eight thing with Vunapola is, you know, a bit odd too. But other than that, I think I'm probably I'm I'm, I'm less confident based on just a few of those positional things, Will. Um, and I think um yeah, not not by much though. I still think there's enough. Like you're talking about, a, like we were talking about 15 guys or probably 23 guys. There's still 23 outstanding players there. Where I think maybe I need to shelve my disappointment slightly, <laughs> and uh, about the some of the Irish selections, um, and and maybe get on the hype train. Um, but I do think that it's going to be a very difficult tour, and I think there's been a few muddled selections. But as always with the Lions tour, there's enough quality there you know, to 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 feel the fantastic team. And the key thing is going to be how they can bond together and can they put out a simple enough game plan that has still got enough in it to be one of the, you know, premier rugby nations, probably Australia, not so much anymore, but, you know, New Zealand and South Africa certainly are huge challenges over a three-test match series. So can they do those things? And they're the keys. So, um, yeah, disappointing day for the Irish guys, but um, I think there's still enough there and it'll come down to the coaching ticket and the, and the guys bonding um, as to who wins.
Yeah, and it's funny, we had Neil Francis on last night's show and he said, you know, Warren Gatlin loves to throw a grenade and already, we've only just had him back in our lives and he's already threw a few today and it's already whetted the appetite for everyone to, to, to see how the game's going a couple of weeks' time. But for the meantime, Luke Keane, thanks for answering the emergency call tonight. <laughs> Not to later. That's all we have time for this week on the Left Wing Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another podcast. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye.